Welcome to Torah de Mecha Parsha with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Danielle Bloom, and today we'll be studying the double Parshios of Ayakhel and Pekude. I would like to overview the Parshios, place them in the context of the Chumash as a whole, and then come away with an understanding of the life-altering message of the Kruvim. Our book concludes on Aleph Nisan, almost one year since we left Mitzrayim. What a year it has been. In our parshios, the Mishkan will be built according to the instructions that were commanded in Truma, Tetzave, and parts of Kisisa. Much is a repetition, testifying to the loyalty and fealty with which the people carried out God's command, as the words Ka'asher Tziva Hashem Es Moshe are a constant refrain. One of the new items that we learn about is the building of the Kior, a large copper basin located in the courtyard, the Chatzer, that the Kohanim, the priests, would use to wash their hands and feet before beginning their work. It was not constructed from the regular copper donations, but from the Maros Hatsovos, the mirrors that the women donated. It's quite shocking that the Torah, which typically uses concise language, would repeat two parashios worth of information. Why is it doing that? Ramban explains that the reason the Torah repeats itself is to assure the people that God has truly forgiven them for the ego. B'nai Israel were terrified that they had lost their special status. God replies, We will still be together, just as we would have been had you not sinned. In the Ramban's words, Kivan Once God forgave them and gave them the second luchos and established this new covenant with them and reassured them that he would be with them, they have returned to the level that they had achieved before. And now they understand that God is with them, just as he had promised initially. And that's why it's repeated. Chumash Shemos tells the story of the building of the relationship between Hashem and his people, how we jeopardized that relationship, and then how we repaired it with the new bris and the construction of the Mishkan. Based on this, the ending of the Sefer is fitting. The Torah tells us that the cloud covered the Ohel Moed and the glory of God filled the Mishkan and the cloud was above the Mishkan during the day and the fire was upon it at night. Before the eyes of all of Israel throughout all of their journeys. Rabbi David Foreman writes, Slowly, the people rebuild their relationship with God. God does come to dwell within the people after all. It is not some watered-down, dim shadow of the divine presence that comes now among the people. The divine comes among them with such intensity that it dwarfs the actual Sinai experience itself. Flawed and humbled, post-sin man has made a place for God in his all-too-human world. And God fills that place with more intensity, vigor, and holiness than Israel could have ever thought possible. If I could write the words, happily ever after, at this moment, I would. I would like to discuss some of the parallels between the creation of the universe in Bracious Aleph and Bays and the building of the Mishkan here in our Parshios. As we know, the two great creation stories in Torah are the creation of the world, with which our Torah begins, and building of the Mishkan, with which our Chumash concludes. Many commentators, both ancient and modern, have pointed out the linguistic echoes of the first and the second. Rabbi Sachs tells us that, quote, Just as the universe began with an act of creation, so Jewish history begins with an act of creation. The key words, make, 
see, complete, bless, sanctify, work, behold, are the same in both narratives. The effect is to suggest that making the Mishkan was for the Israelites, what creating the universe was for God. When God created the world, he made a home for us. When we created the Mishkan, we made a home for him. We find Moshe imitating Hashem. The Mishkan becomes a kind of mini-world. The completion of the world is about sanctity and blessing on the seventh day. And so is the Mishkan discussed with those same words. In Bereshis we hear, Vayar Elohim es kol tov ma'od. Vayachulu hashamayim. Vayachal Elohim bayom hashvi'i melach to asharasa. Vayavarech Elohim es yom hashvi'i vayikadesh oso. And similarly, at the Mishkan we hear, Vatechel kolavodas Mishkan ohal moed. Vayar Moshe es kol hamlacha vihine asu. Vayavarech osam Moshe. Other connections include the date. The Mishkan was inaugurated on Aleph Nisan. And according to Rabbi Yoshua, this was the date on which the universe was created. Additionally, the Gemara Megillah tells us that the day of the Chanukah Samishkan was more beloved to Hashem than Briasa Olam. The Gemara is clearly linking the two events. The resonances continue. The number seven plays a key role here, just as it does in the creation story. The phrase Ka'asher Tziva Hashem Es Moshe appears when they sowed the Big Day Kahuna seven times. And we see it again when Moshe sets up the Mishkan seven times. Our Chumash has told us the story of what happens when humans attempt to worship God as they choose based on their own desires. The Cheda Egel story was a dramatic telling of the damage we do when we do things our way. The Mishkan testifies to the fact that the people deeply internalized that the only way to serve Hashem is Ka'asher Tziva Hashem. As he tells us, any other worship is simply serving ourselves. Rabbi Menachem Liebtag writes, One could suggest that the very concept of a Mishkan, irrespective of its mode of construction, may constitute a more general tikkun beyond the specific context of the golden calf. In this sense, the Mishkan relates to a more general biblical theme developed in Sefer Breshi. Rabbi Liebtag develops the idea that Mishkan becomes a tikkun not only for ego, but for everything that went wrong in the original creation. This brings us to a most unique connection between Breshis and Mishkan. There are only two places in Torah where Kruvim appear. First, in the Gan Eden story, when God expels humans from the garden and wants to be assured that they will not re-enter, the Torah tells us that he places two kruvim with flaming and rotating swords who guard the entrance to the eight hachaim. In Bereshit's Gimel, Pasach of Dalet, Adam, God exiled man, Vayashkein mikedem l'gan Eden, and places him east of Eden, Es hakruvim ve'islat hacherev ha'misapeches l'shmar esderech eight hachaim. And then kruvim appear here again in the Mishkan. They are upon the kapores, the covering of the Aron, and they are woven into the parochas, the curtain that divides between the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim, where the Aron is located. Rabbi Liebtag writes, This parallel suggests a conceptual relationship between an Eden and Mishkan. The symbolic function of the Kruvim as guardians of the Kodesh Kodeshim may correspond to the Mishkan's function as an environment similar to Gan Eden, where man can strive to come closer to God. So, the Kruvim are protecting the way to Gan Eden's Eitzachayim, and they also protect the way to the Aron, which has the Luchos, the Torah, the other Eitzachayim. Fascinatingly, the Pasuk in Mishlei Parakimel tells us that the Torah itself is an Eitzachayim, a tree of life, 
עץ חיים היא למחזיקים בה, בסומכה מאושר. In Rabbi Sachs's words, these connections suggest two things. First, the tabernacle was conceived as a microcosmos, a symbolic representation for the universe as a whole. More profoundly, however, the construction of the tabernacle was a kind of tikkun, a repair for something broken long before. What had been broken was, of course, the harmony between humanity and God and between humanity and nature after the sin of Adam and Eve. Before then, God had been an intimate presence. He had fashioned man and then woman with his own hands, a metaphorical expression of closeness and love. As a result of sin, paradise was lost. Now, however, with the construction of the tabernacle, God was again to be close. Make me a tabernacle and I will dwell among them. In some sense, the tabernacle represented paradise regained. The making of the Mishkan was therefore a cosmic event, a return to Eden and amending of the exile between humanity and God. God would once again have a home, a habitation among human beings. It would be situated in the center of the Israelite camp, traveling when they traveled, resting when they rested. No longer would the Israelites sense the presence and proximity of God only in miracles or moments of crisis. It would be a daily event, a constant epiphany. Only thus can we understand the parallels between the tabernacle and creation. In another article, Rabbi Sachs tells us that one of the key themes of Torah is the repeated handing back of responsibility from God to human beings. It is less about divine power than about divine empowerment. It is as if God had said to the Israelites, I will save you, but then I will teach you how to save yourselves. I will deliver you into freedom. But then I want you to learn how to create a free society. This is God the educator. And in a third article, he writes, As God created order in the universe, so we are called on to create order in our personal lives and in society as a whole. We are God's image. We are God's children. We are God's partners. Within us is the breath of God. Around us is the presence of God. Near us is the home we build for God. Ahead of us is the task set by God, to be his agents of justice and compassion. Never has a nobler account been given of the human condition, and it challenges us still. Kruvim are the demarcation, the road sign to the Eitzachayim. If it was a billboard, I think it would say, this way to Gan Eden with a big arrow. Just like the Kruvim stand on guard at the entranceway to Gan Eden and Brashis, so too the Kruvim stand guard over the Luchos and the Torah, which are placed in the Aron. But there is an important difference. In Bracious, the Kruvim have flaming swords. They're telling us, yes, Gan Eden is here, but there is no shortcut to entry. This is not the way to access eternity. Keep out. Whereas the Kruvim on top of the Aron are embracing. They are inviting us in. They are telling us with diligence, hasmada, and dedication, there is a way to Gan Eden, Vihigisabo Yomam Valaila. It's true. Today, we no longer have a physical Mishkan, but we do still have the Eitzachayim, the tree of life. The Kruvim are still telling us the Torah is the way to Gan Eden. The Torah is the way to lead a good life. Each and every one of us can build our own Mikdash Ma'at in our homes and in our hearts. It has truly been my honor and privilege to learn Chumash Amos with you. Thank you for learning together with the OU Women's Initiative.